All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Tuesday, May 30th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Clayton, happy Memorial Day weekend. And this is the weekend in which we celebrate all of our fallen box office grosses across the weekend because that is what happened. The box office, it fell uh, on certain top movies from Friday through Monday. And we celebrate, or at least remember, today we remember those fallen box office grosses of our past. So Clayton, with that in mind, could you give us a solemn Memorial Day weekend plow for the weekend of Friday, May 26th? Yes. So we're doing the three-day, we'll talk about four days after I do this memorial plow. Number one, The Little Mermaid made $95.4 million in its first frame. Number two, Fast X, made $23 million, down 66%. It added 42 theaters. It's at $107.9 million in its second weekend. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, made $20.3 million, down only 37%. It lost 510 theaters. It's at $299.8 million in its fourth frame. Number four, Super Mario Brothers movie made $6.3 million, down 34%. It lost 392 theaters. It's at $558.9 million in eight weekends. Number five, The Machine made $5 million in its opening frame. Number six, another newbie, About My Father, made $4.3 million in its opening frame. Number seven, another newbie, Kandahar, made $2.4 million in its first weekend. Number eight, another newbie, You Hurt My Feelings, made $1.3 million in its first weekend. Number nine, Evil Dead Rise, made $1 million down 57%. It lost 1,252 theaters. It's at $66.1 million in its sixth weekend. And rounding out the top 10, Book Club, the next chapter, made $870,000, down 71%. It's hemorrhaging theaters. 2,174 theaters were lost. $16 million cume in its third weekend and that is your top 10 thank you clayton and of course we we can't forget to not just remember the the box office that we lost but the theater counts that we lost so Mm -hmm. on this memorial day we also remember all the theaters that were lost by book club the next chapter um Mm -hmm. remember those fallen theater counts so clayton i mean this is going to be a little mermaid heavy show uh, that that's the big story this weekend, but I do have to start us with Fast X and this second weekend drop, sixty six percent. It made twenty three million for the three day, which is basically almost what Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three made in its fourth weekend. They were neck and neck. I think we both, when we get to our predictions in the late in uh, the end of the week. I could see us both predicting that Guardians is going to overtake Fast X. I mean, basically, Fast X, much like the cars in some of the in some of the cars that stunts in these movies, Fast X is falling off a cliff right now. I mean, is it fair mm-hmm. to say that Fast X is is falling off a cliff? Yeah, because I mean, these are just the deadline four days. Okay, but. Fast X ended up making 28.6 all in on the on the holiday weekend to Guardians 26.6. Wow. That's so neck close. And I mean we were so we saw this movie, we saw Fast X yes. over the weekend. And when we came out of it, I was looking at the the deadline numbers mm-hmm. and it was so close. I mean, we hadn't even thought about this when we were talking our preview that guardians could have overtaken fast X. Yes. Yes. And it was a possibility until things kind of evened out, but still that's so close, but you got to realize too, fast X opened to 67 and guardians opened to what? 117, 118. No, but so this, the, that, 
that this is only this weekend now, not the not the domestic total we're talking about. We're talking about this weekend. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that the drops, you know, that that's that's a way different amount of drops for like something like Guardians that opened in the hundreds and the other movie opening in the 60s, they're going to be close, especially with Guardians being as well liked as it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like know what you Fast mean. If but- X would have opened at 117 and we're here, then that's crazy. This is like we're talking about a, a movie that opened to 67 compared to a movie that opened to 118. So it is it shouldn't be this close, but the fact that it's this close, it's not like it's not insane. Well, forget forget the Guardians neck and neck race in the rankings and just looking at fast x 67 drop it's already tracking over 10 million behind where uh fast nine was at the same point in time i mean fast x i think clearly this box office clearly shows this series has to end with the next movie there are mm-hmm. not two fast movies at these budgets left to throw out there because I think yeah. a fast 11 that is not billed as the absolute final movie in the series will full on die at the box office. That mm-hmm. is my prediction. You can't make another one of these movies unless it has got the promotion of this will be the final one. I promise the box office for fast 10 just bears that out. You cannot make two more of these Vin Diesel. And this has a cliffhanger, which is something that has been promoted and talked about. This isn't, I'm not spoiling anything by saying that Fast X ends with a cliffhanger. If you don't wrap up that cliffhanger in one movie, people will riot. Yes. And by riot, I mean not show up at the theater. Yes. Yes. Which which is worse than a riot in in box office terms. It's way worse than a riot. Yes. Because at least if there's a riot at the theater, you're assuming most people paid for a ticket to get in. Yes. Or or you could at least convince them to come in because they're going to get tired of rioting at some point, especially if it's in the summer, they're going to want AC because the riot's really going to get you sweaty. And you could get those rioters to come into your theater. But if no one shows up, that's it. You cannot sell those tickets. So mm-hmm. that that is the worst kind of riot is just not showing up. And yeah, I mean, listen, Fast X, I think the cliffhanger ending getting out probably mm-hmm. does not help the box office for this movie in the next few weeks because no. it worked for Infinity War. The cliffhanger somehow was a draw for that movie. But cliffhanger endings are not a box office draw because people do not want to spend money to see an incomplete story. And that is the promise of Fast X at this point is you could come see what is an incomplete story at the theater. Yeah, and they didn't disclose it to begin with. It's kind of leaked out. Oh, it's out. It's leaked. Yeah, and I think if you do that, in a movie like, you know, the the first half of the Harry Potter last movie, people knew that that was a part one right. of part two, right? right? I think this is a similar situation with Dune, right. where people were like, oh, wait, it's stopping now? That's weird. Right. And I, and I think that, I mean, Dune 2 is going to be huge, I think. But the thing with Fast X where it's like, okay... I've already seen 10, 11 of these movies, if you're counting Hobbs and Shaw. Right. And you're like forcing me to watch this last one. I do think there was a bad taste in people's mouths. Yes. Yes. So we'll, we'll of course, be covering Fast X, but it looks like this is going to be a pretty precipitous drop through the weeks. I don't predict any kind of leveling out the way Guardians of the Galaxy has. And, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy, number three, just continues to hold really really Mm -hmm. well people are loving that movie it opened a little low but the holds have been spectacular and clayton that might have to be the story that disney is hoping for with the number one movie at the box office the little mermaid they have got to be hoping for a movie that maybe opened a little under expectations but that will hold well through the summer and let's get into it little mermaid Number one. So, Clayton, what numbers are we going with for the three-day and the four-day here? 
So, so for the three day, we're gonna go with the ninety five point four. Okay, right, and then for the four day, it's looking like it's gonna be one seventeen point five. That Got looks it. to be what is happening. Got it. That so is, that's I what's mean, reported it, by Anthony D is for Disney Day Alessandro at deadline. It may change. Mm-hmm. I don't see it going up. No. too much because it's only been falling all weekend yes yes so this movie you know the the comp that uh has been raised a lot is the aladdin movie which opened memorial weekend in 2019 and it looks like this movie the little mermaid did nudge out aladdin in all categories the three-day mermaid was 95.4 Aladdin's three day was 91.3. Um, did it nudge it out in the four day? It looks like it nudged it out in the four day mermaid 117.5, but it was close. You know, in the projections, it looked like little mermaid was going to blow past what Aladdin 2019 did in Memorial weekend. Mm-hmm. And that did not happen. It basically opened the same or a little couple million higher than the Aladdin Memorial weekend, which the Aladdin Memorial Weekend was looked at as a little bit of an underperformer, I guess, yes. of course, compared to Beauty and the Beast. Here's what I'll start off with. I think these Disney live-action remakes have just lost the novelty that they had mm-hmm. when Disney first started doing them. You know, Beauty and the Beast is going to be the high watermark. It was the biggest yeah. of those early 90s cartoon revival period movies it's that's the most popular of those big four and it got to be the first you know not counting the cinderella remake that they did that was the first one you know the disney live action beauty and the beast in 2017 or 2018 whenever that came out at this point these this format is no longer novel and I think that's what we're seeing at the box office. What is what is your big picture take on this Little Mermaid opening weekend? I mean, I think they're I think they should be happy with mm-hmm. this because I feel like this is a solid success. It has it has a very good word of mouth coming out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's got an A cinema score, right? Which all the other live actions have had. I mean, obviously, because that's the hardcores. They love the Disney stuff. Yep. I think this could have been a disaster. There's a possibility this could have been a disaster, and it wasn't. No. no. Uh, I think I'd be very happy with this. I think that it's going to do solid business. Now, will it be a billion-dollar baby? Probably not. But it is definitely, right now, a win for Disney in a year that has been pretty much nothing but losing yes yes and with so so much bad news ahead you know we've talked the indie reviews you know there's also these elemental reviews out of con are dire so elemental the pixar movie in a few weeks looks like that could be a full-on disaster so Mm -hmm. yeah this little mermaid they needed this they did not want to have the press that little mermaid was vastly underperforming um you know though the the thing is Internationally, I know we, you know, we're we talk domestic dollars, but a movie like this, the international money is a huge part of the plan here. And internationally, mm-hmm. Little Mermaid is definitely way underperforming. It okay. is it is um an international bow of sixty-eight point million sixty-eight point three million dollars is what it made in the non-domestic box office. So that is very low. That is very mm-hmm. low. But domestically, you got to think that this movie made Aladdin money without an Aladdin-sized star, mm-hmm. right? Melissa McCarthy, love Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Just her, by herself. Not with her, uh, you know, the weight around her ankle that is her husband. Mm-hmm. Yes. But she's not the sort of star that Will Smith is or was. Right. 
the uh, that I think to have an equivalent opening to a movie that had a huge movie star in it is a positive here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a huge factor. Will Smith is, I I think even post slap is a much bigger star than Melissa McCarthy. You know, Will Smith today in the Ursula role juices these international numbers for for little mermaid by Mm -hmm. two or three x i mean that is just how much bigger of a star internationally he is than melissa mccarthy because yeah melissa mccarthy's especially at the height of her stardom she's in a genre which does not play as well internationally you know she was Mm -hmm. the star of comedy films which don't play as well internationally as will smith's 90s and early 2000s run as a action sci-fi star so she's she's not going to get those those numbers up in france and in estonia and in japan and so on and so forth and i'll tell you what the biggest star in this picture and no offense to the lead who is getting rave reviews people are loving the the songs and loving her as lead but in the broad scheme of things for most of the public, she's not a star. Halle Bailey. Uh, yes. yes. She's becoming a star point, with this movie. Yes. Exactly. But she's not a butts in the seats person. The biggest star in this film is Jacob Tremblay. Okay. The biggest box office star, really, if you look at it currently, is Jacob Tremblay. And he's a fish. And he's a fish. And this, yeah. you're not seeing his face. You're not seeing the punum, right? So uh, I don't think there was any way around that. But yeah. that's the thing is that he is he is the biggest draw here, honestly, when we're talking stars, because he is the best box office of any of these people other than Melissa McCarthy, who it, that's a long time ago. It does. I mean, Bridesmaids was a long time ago. Yeah. The Cammy was, was a, long, a long time ago. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It, does this movie open bigger? Had they animated Flounder in a way that it was half fish, half human, and you're seeing Jacob Tremblay's face in the animation, you know, it was, I mean, it was some kind of humanoid fish situation. So you could really see Jacob Tremblay, you could have his face be in the advertising in this half fish, half humanoid. It depends on how well it could be pulled off i mean you right. describing it makes it feel like a a cronenbergian sort of grotesque right. sight right so possibly not it might be too off-putting and uncanny valley for people right i think it was just one of those things where it's like you know at this point if he's not there you're not going to get that tremblay bump mm-hmm mm-hmm you know, he's, if he's not physically there. Yeah, there's no way around it, especially with how overtaxed these animators are these days. And we're seeing how bad the special effects are in these movies because there's just not enough animators to do all the work. To have mm-hmm. asked the already stretched thin animators to make a half-human flounder in this movie, mm-hmm. it probably would have ended up more Cronenbergian than pleasing to children just because the animators just don't have the time right now Mm -hmm. so i mean we'll get back to the domestic but i i think it is really worth noting 68.3 million internationally that is to me that's the number that disney is probably fretting about right now the domestic is fine it's not spectacular Mm -hmm. but it is a solid win the domestic number for sure is a win. It is the international. I mean, it basically made nothing in China and it did open in China. And again, China box office is nowhere near where it was for these U.S. movies uh, pre-pandemic. It just is a totally different world. But it's the big movies are still making something in China. And it looks like this movie made about $4 million in its opening mm-hmm. weekend in China. You know, in Europe, U.K., Italy, all around 4 million, 6 million opening weekend. Uh, it's low. It's low. And so when you're talking about Mermaid as a billion dollar baby, there's zero chance of that. And that shouldn't have been the 
the barometer for success. But I think we're looking at a movie that's going to be closer to $500 million worldwide. Maybe, you know, maybe 600, 700, but the Mm -hmm. world, the non-domestic gross for this movie is probably going to end up under $150 million total. And that feels very low. And it's a different world, and we have to realize that now yes. that the billion dollar, you, you know, for the longest time, that was like such a rarity, you know, and right. then it became this thing where it's like a barometer of success for all movies, right? Right, all blockbusters, and it's just not, it's not fair. So, yeah, let's look at these demos real fast. Oh, let's do it. So, we also had a, a cinema score of A. Okay which I mentioned earlier, which all the live action movies, it looks like the Disney ones have gotten it other than Mulan. Okay. And we're back to domestic when we talk demos and cinema score. You don't have the Italy demos. No, we don't know how many of your Klansmen, can we call them that? Oh, we definitely your should Italian, not call your, them that. Your, we should ta- not. your Italian brothers? Italian brothers. Let's go with that. Let's not call my okay. people Klansmen. No, I won't okay. accept that. Um. So 91% positive and 76% def- definite recommend, which mm. is good. Yep. And with kids, it was 92% positive and 69% definite recommend. I think the thing with the 12-year-olds, the under 12s, is that they don't know what recommend means. Right. That's why that definite recommend is at what it is it sounds it sounds negative if anything because it's it has so many letters it feels like a negative word here's one thing i'll throw out there just because i have some intel on the under 12 set is i had two nieces who went to see this film over the weekend they then this is the report i've gotten they both loved it and the the uh the six-year-old she's about to turn six who has been a guest on this show celia she mm. full on loved the movie, but her younger sister, who was three, loved the movie with the following qualifier. Ursula was scary. She was very scared oh. of Ursula. So I think when we look at that, that, uh, you know, 8% of uh, under 12s who weren't positive on it or the 31% who could not definite recommend it, I do think mm-hmm. Ursula being scary probably played a big part in that so yes yeah so those are the com scores there yeah and then actual demos uh female heavy mm-hmm. leaning 68 percent female 61 percent between 18 and 34 largest demo being millennials 25 to 34 years old 35 oh. percent which i yeah i was like okay i see that maybe um Diversity demos, mm, here 35% black, 25% Latino and Hispanic, 26% Caucasian, and 11% Asian, right? So good diversity demos there. Yep. Uh, so the problem here, too, with this movie is PLFs, as always, as always. is the problem with these movies because they were split. IMAXs were split between this and Fast X. Oh, boy. And Fast X was getting the later showtimes, which we saw because yes. we tried to see it in IMAX and there was an early one and then there was like a late one. Right. Which makes sense with the with Little Mermaid. It's like you can't bring your kids out at 1130 for Little Mermaid. I know I know that parents now think they can let their kids stay up till 3 a.m. It's not good for the kids. I'm going to say that. OK, Listen, I'm going to I'm going to say that now. Don't let your kids stay up till three freaking a.m. OK, so Fast X should have gotten the 10 o'clock, 10 30, 11 o'clock PLFs. But, right? but the fact that there aren't enough PLFs to have 10 o'clock Little Mermaid showings, there are just young couples, you know, who were going to go sans kids to see a Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. and you lose that business. You, you lose the business of these millennial couples who would have went to a 10 30 IMAX showing at the Little Mermaid. Had one yeah. existed, and again, yeah, got to build more IMAXs, PLFs, large format screens. It's it's just a disaster. That this these, is only going to get worse. It's only it's gonna only going to get worse. We're going to be talking about this every 
weekend. Yes. Going forward because people want premium screens. They want it. The 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 whole idea that and if we said this before, but I'm going to say it again because mm-hmm. we might have new listeners and yeah. we do have new listeners because our numbers just keep going up and up and up. May was the biggest month in the history of the BO boys, let's just say it. And it'll continue. June will be bigger, July will be bigger. Yeah. And so the thing is is that it's everybody says, well, people don't go to the theater because it's too expensive. No, it's too expensive for the experience that they're receiving. Mm. If they're receiving a premium experience such as IMAX, right, they will pay more for it yes. because they want to enjoy going to the theater and they want it to be different than any other experience they can have anywhere. Yes. Right. And we, you know, we, we poo poo the, well, I can just stay at home. Cause I have just a good, I have such a huge screen at home. You'll never have a screen bigger than a screen at a movie theater. Never. never. At your home, unless you are a celebrity. Okay. And even then, even then Jack Nicholson does not have an IMAX. I'm sorry. He does he not doesn't. have an no, IMAX. No, he doesn't. And that's the thing. Jack Nicholson doesn't have an IMAX. Right. Okay. So, People will go if they get what they pay for, which is comfortable seating, big screen, great sound. Right. All right. Those are the things people want. And so movies should be a premium experience because movies are a premium indulgence. Yes, yes, yes. They're not streaming television and therefore they screens should not be treated as such. And Look at a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy probably has a no premium screens at this point in its run. And I think even as fourth weekend, that's a movie that would have had people who would have wanted to see it in a premium screen. They haven't seen it yet and or they want to see it again and they'll see it in a premium screen. But that option definitely doesn't exist for more than any two movies on a given summer weekend, which is crazy and it needs to be fixed movie theaters yeah money on the table you could have had those millennial couples who wanted to see a 10 30 imax screening a little mermaid on a date night and they were just not allowed to do it and that mm-hmm. hurts the box office so second weekend we wanted to see fast x on an imax screen and we had two time options yes in the second weekend of a blockbuster movie, that had to have cut into the the fast money. Absolutely. It had to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it's going to happen over and over again this summer because every weekend there's something that needs to get premium screens. So, Clayton, just, I mean, the demos that you went over were great, very diverse. Feather in the cap, I'd say, of our new Little Mermaid, Halle Berry, with that 35%. Not Halle Berry. Uh, not Holly, Holly, Halle Bailey, Bailey, yeah. not Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they did not use de-aging in this film to have Halle Berry play the you little know mermaid. What? But, I you will know, say what that would have done worse. A de-age. I think a, a version of this movie that is a de-aged Halle Berry as Ariel and Jacob Tremblay's face in a humanoid flounder that movie probably does worse. Even with the increased star power, that movie does worse because it's her. Exactly. She's a name, but not known for singing. Not known for singing. And, and sorry, the, you know, the box off, you know, the star run has ended for Halle Berry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's more the de-aging would have been uh, a little, a little tough to see that, that, that technology is caught up, you know, look at the Irishman, the first act of the Irishman. You know, it's it's just That's not rough, there yet. It's not there stuff. yet. But uh, Halle Bailey definitely brought out a more diverse audience this weekend, which is a big feather in her cap. And this mm-hmm. this will go a long ways towards making her a star. Listen, we're going to be following the Little Mermaid's uh, box office run over these next few weeks. It's a good opening weekend. Um, I think the legs on this are going to be very important, but. Listen, high recommends from the kiddies, so that is going to help. Very quickly with Little Mermaid, I got to do it. Promotional partner corner. I just want to run through some of the incredible advertising partnerships and corporate partnerships that Little Mermaid 
put together this weekend. So there was no car partner on this, unlike what Marvel movies, Little Mermaid did not have a car partner. I'm guessing because, you know, kids don't drive. So kids don't drive. I don't drive. No car partner for Little Mermaid. No car partner for any movie that uh, would ever star me. So that that makes Uh, sense. Also, you never want to have a car and water Mm. associated. Yes. Because you're thinking Ted Kennedy. You're thinking that crazy woman who drove her kids into the, the, the lake. Right. Right. Cars and water don't mix. So you don't want to be like, Hey, drive this car under the sea. That that doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but there was that Chappaquiddick film that they made about five, six years ago. And I do wonder if that film had a promotional partnership with a Ford or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Prius or something like that. But that that movie was a very small film, so it probably didn't have any promotional partners. But no, yeah, no car partner for Little Mermaid. Of course, it had a Happy Meal partner a program with McDonald's, an under the sea themed drive through. You know what? I don't drive and I don't eat a McDonald's, but that does entice me. I may take an Uber to go through the drive through of McDonald's to see what this under the sea promotional program looks like because that sounds incredible Incredible. well that kind of just proves my theory wrong though because if you're talking about a drive-through and it's under the sea then it's the problem we had with the car thing right 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 i guess that you're driving under the sea yeah i mean they found a way around it under the sea they found they did you know because it's not the car brand it's the food no you know ford isn't ford doesn't want you to think cars going in the water mcdonald's doesn't give a, a flying f about that no. thought because they're just selling hamburgers mm-hmm. yeah. um so that is a great partnership um hsn and disney teamed up with regal to launch the first shoppable augmented reality experience of its kind for a collectible ticket supported by a two-hour special so they got a two-hour special on the home shopping network in partnership with Regal. So there's three partners here, Disney, Regal, Home Shopping Network. That is what you want to see in your corporate partnerships is just bring them all in at the same time. Mattel, Mattel got in on the action to create hair dolls that depict Ariel's hair. So there you go. So you've got the the Mattel getting in the action with, I guess, very realistic hair on these dolls, maybe human hair was involved listen it's 2023 you got to step up the production of these dolls so use human hair booking.com booking.com got involved with the little mermaid opening weekend it has a listing for an ultimate little mermaid getaway that brought the ocean's aesthetic to a home on land so i guess you could book a uh under the sea looking home out there that is incredible kellogg's made a splash at nearly 4,000 Walmarts with a exclusive packs of Mermazing Berry inspired by the film, as well as landing on pack movie ticket offers to fan favorite cereal. So you got a Little Mermaid Berry branded uh, box of Kellogg cereal. And lastly here, I'll go over Annie's created a limited edition line of snacks and pasta products featuring Ariel uh, and a movie ticket offer on 4.1 million packs. So you get your pasta, you get your, and this is perfect for kids because Annie's makes those mac and cheese boxes. So kids love mac and cheese and they get possibly a ticket to the movie with their mac and cheese. And if they don't accidentally eat the ticket, they could go see Ariel on the big screen. Great promotional partnership there. So you know, that's the thing about these big movies. The money isn't just in the box office. It's also in the corporate synergy. And I personally love to see it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is a business after all. It is a business and it's the greatest business of them all. So, Clayton, do you think that either of our other big releases this weekend, quote around the word big, 
had corporate synergy, corporate partnerships? Do you think the machine starring Burt Kreischer had any deals with your big food brands, your big car brands? I mean, no, it could have I mean, had like I've... a White Castle. You know, I think you go lower down the chain of fast food, get the machine a White Castle deal, you know, some kind of like mm-hmm. 60 pack of burgers for the machine in your life. Yeah, um, I'm surprised the machine didn't have some sort of alcohol based crossover. Right. You know, that that like, uh, you know, Bud Light or something like that. That would have made sense here. Right. Or like a bathtub moonshine company. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, I mean, it wasn't would it have been worth it for any of these when we're looking at these numbers, would it have been worth for, uh, worth it for any of these companies to get in bed with Burt Kreischer? Yeah. Because here we are, biggest opening of all these newbies, other than The Little Mermaid, obviously. Mm-hmm. There was a scrum down here at the bottom of the top 10. And, you know, You Hurt My Feelings opens to number eight. It, it's in 921 theaters. This movie was, in, uh, it's, oh, I'm sorry, 912 theaters. It's not going to be competing with the big dogs. This movie did what it was going to do. So we're not counting that No, in the scrum. It's uh, nice that it was in the top 10. Yep. And I, I saw it yeah. in theaters and I loved it. I did my part for Julia Louis-Dreyfus and saw this yeah. with my wife. And it's a great movie. Everyone should go see it. But no, it was never going to be a box office player. It was never going to compete with the machine. But we've got, you know, the machine number five with five million, then about my father with four point three mm-hmm. million at number six, and number seven, Kandahar at two point four, which we knew Kandahar we knew was gonna be DOA. I don't think we really even need to nope. talk about it. No. Nope. Same thing with about my father. I think Sebastian Maniscala, his his fans will go and watch a stand-up show every five years. Uh, to see him or there's people that probably follow him like the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. but he does not have it when it comes to movie star. He people will not go to the theater to see him. And that's OK. It's OK, because not all comedians can become movie stars. Billy Eichmann looking at you. Right. Uh, and Billy others, Eichner. many others. Billy Eichner. Yeah. Billy Eichner yeah. looking at you. I'm also looking at Billy Eichmann. Okay. Oh, he's uh, just he's just a guy who's he's in your just a guy's my neighbor. He's outside my window. Got it. And got he's it. Very annoying. Got it. Got it. Um. Yeah. So it's disturbing. It's disturbing how much he stares into this window. Right. Because if you're but, looking at him, he's looking at you. And I think it's one of those things where it's like I'm staring at him, so then he's staring at me, and I'm saying he's staring at me. You know, it's yeah. one of those things. Nobody ever thinks they're staring at someone; they always think that person's staring at them. Right, right. So that it's one of those situations where a simple conversation could solve this whole problem. But <laughs> oh, that's not going to happen. That's no. not going to happen. So yeah, I'm not talking to that asshole. So Sebastian Maniscalco, not a movie star, but listen, heading into this weekend, we predicted. That all about my father was going to be a bomb. It actually mm-hmm. seems like it came in slightly above where we had it pegged because we had this thing maybe opening at like three for the three day. It got to four point three million. I think the surprise here is we thought there would be more distance between Burt Kreischer's The Machine and Sebastian Maniscal's All About My Father. We thought The Machine yeah. could open closer to double digits for the four day and that did not happen the four day. Now this is according to, I'm looking at the deadline number for the machine. The four day was around six point six million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. But let's say it, you know, you were doing the research on this and Clayton, you're seeing a discrepancy in the dollars here because you said that you've seen other reporting saying the machine came in higher than what deadline and, and the numbers are reporting. Yeah, because the numbers is also saying somewhere around six for the total gross for this holiday weekend. Okay. And then you go to a little site called Box Office Mojo. Oh, boy. I never dredge into this website, but I was trying to look for because the numbers was not giving a holiday weekend rundown, which they should. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm looking at the machine numbers. And here it says for the weekend gross, 5 million. All right. That's what everybody else is saying. Yep. Total gross, though, 8 million. Now, that's which is a big funny. That's what, that's what Austin was calling. Yep. Which is great. But where is this where is this two million dollars coming from? Right. That box office mojo is is reporting. Are they scooping everybody? Right. Right. Do they have a direct pipeline to the machine himself, Burke Kreischer? Right. Or Sony Pictures. And right. Sony saying, listen, breaking news. We got two million dollars that we just found. Right. Right. Here, you don't just a, find $2 million at the box office. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm calling bullshit on this. Okay. I'm calling then now the end to any credibility that box office mojo had, which, and it had zero credibility. Right. So right. somehow this now has, this website now has negative credibility. Right. Okay. Right. So, so you don't believe box office mojo's, reporting that the machine actually made eight million not six million in the four day you don't you don't believe no. it you think they are wrong deadline is correct i think they're wrong. i mean listen i think deadline has a track record the numbers as as shitty as it is it's what we use every weekend yeah and they've never had a real big issue with discrepancies this box office mojo eight million dollar total gross for the machine I, 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 maybe somebody pr- typed eight instead of six. I mean, right. it might be that boneheaded right. that it's right. just a typo. And we're talking about a typo for a site that we never go to anymore because it is the absolute bottom level of information for box office. Right. And, and listen, we have to note it wasn't always that way because there was a time when Box Office Mojo, founded by Brandon Gray, past and future mm-hmm. guest on the show, was the gold standard for getting your box office numbers. But that is a long yeah. time ago. Brandon has nothing to do with the site now. He got his golden parachute years ago, and then that site fell off a cliff. I mean, I, there's a chance that this is what happened this weekend, that Burt Kreischer was on some stage, some stand-up comedy stage on Sunday night, and he's taking his shirt off, and he's doing his comedy bits, you know, quote-unquote bits, Mm -hmm. and he says something about, "Uh, and my movie, The Machine, I made $8 million this weekend, and the crowd cheered, and then someone in that crowd either worked for or snitched over to a friend Mm -hmm. at Box Office Mojo and said, hey, apparently the machine made $8 million this weekend, and they just printed as truth, even though it's Burt Kreischer's stand-up, and he's just making it up as he goes along, because that's what he does. Well, the whole story is made up. I mean, everything, you know, he makes up stuff all the time. That's what this movie is, made up. So that that could be the case here, is that this came from Burt Kreischer himself. So, of course, in his comedy bits, he's going to exaggerate. He exaggerates his stories and he exaggerates box office and box office mojo just ran with it. They don't know the difference between reality and Burt Kreischer's quote unquote comedy. And they just printed, well, listen, they printed the lie. Yeah. So print the legend as they say. So I feel like this is not going to be the number after we get off and you know, it's because it's 9am on a Tuesday right now, we're going to release this right after we get off mic immediately. It's that quick of a turnaround. Cause we're fucking a raw feed. We're doing it live. We might get different numbers. You know, there might be an adjustment here an adjustment there. I don't think it's going to be too big of an adjustment for any of these films. I, I, I don't think there's any way that we're going to then see at noon today mm-hmm. oh wait eight million dollar four day if that happens that'd be great you know because then austin want to be oh boy austin would have nailed it nailed it right mm-hmm. and we still wouldn't have to have seen this movie because we said if it gets a four day of 10 million we would go see this movie thankfully we've been spared that 
But I just think that there's some serious reporting issues over there at Box Office Mojo, and they need to get to the bottom of it. Or you know what? Not. Don't. Keep doing what you're doing because you're failing, and so why not continue to fail? It's the easiest road. I think that's the way to go with Box Office Mojo. Just keep keep being maniacs over there and and just keep tarnishing the reputation that Brandon Gray had built decades ago. So I think the the big take here on the machine is it's not going to break out to be some kind of major surprise and mm-hmm. anoint Burt Kreischer as our new comedy movie star. But, you know, this movie went under our projections or, or Austin's projections, but you got to give Burt Kreischer credit for having a movie open to $6 million in theaters on a story based on his stand-up act. You know, this is not going to turn into, no, you're poo-pooing this, no credit at all. I feel like this no, is a- I just, it's just, it's, it's not enough. Like it's, it's, he has, I mean- his podcast have has millions of listeners. Okay. He's on every big comedy podcast uh-huh. in that whole sewer system. Yes. That is comedy podcast. Yes. Yes. And he can't motivate his listeners, his fans to go see a movie at a theater. Right. Like that is a failure. I'm sorry. It's a failure. Okay. Because if if you have that many listeners, right, if you go on Joe Rogan and talk for four hours and promote your movie and Joe Rogan has what, a hundred million downloads or something per episode. Yeah. And you can't get you can only get that small of a fraction of Mm -hmm. people because that's not six million people. Tickets aren't a dollar. Right. All right. Right. Tickets are not a dollar. Right. He got so little right. of his fan base to go see this film. It is a failure. And listen, I'm not calling him a failure. He's a successful comedian. He sells out places. He makes money. He sells merch, right? This is a successful human being. Right. I'm not saying he's a failure because the movie failed, but I'm saying the movie failed. Okay. Yeah. And Man of Skull is the same way. I, I, I mean- you saying that it it was bigger than what we expected? It was lower than what Lionsgate wanted. Yeah, it was. I mean, All right, they, that's not a success in any way. This is a bomb. They, the, the, the movie bombed. The studios were looking at Maniscalco's ticket sales for his live shows. They were looking at Burt Kreischer's podcast numbers, and they saw potential big breakouts here if they could convert mm-hmm. those audiences. And yeah, Burt Kreischer could not convert a large percentage of his podcast audience to see a movie. I'm sure they bought a lot of MeUndies this weekend. They bought a lot of horny goat weed, you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of Alpha Brain, whatever it is he he sells on the show. But they were not motivated to leave the house and buy tickets to a movie theater. And here is the guarantee I'll put out here. When the day comes... That yeah, I, the B.O. Boys colon the movie is released mm-hmm. in theaters. And we're not saying the same yeah. time soon, huh? Huh? But someday when that happens, I guarantee a 95% conversion rate of podcast mm-hmm. listeners to ticket buyers. You yeah. Know, Bert Kreischer probably had like a 5 or 10% conversion rate. Guaranteed. Not even. Not even. Not even. Not even. Not even. I bet you it was a percentile. I bet you it was a. Per, it was a. It was a, de- a decimal. Okay. Point. Guaranteed. The Bo Boys colon the movie someday. Ninety five percent conversion rate of podcast listeners to opening weekend ticket buyers because that is our mm-hmm. audience. They buy movie tickets. Yes. So, Absolutely. So look for that someday. Not anytime soon, huh? Don't don't start uh-huh. emailing us when's the movie coming out. Yeah. Um not uh, even in pre pre-production, guys. Not even, no. Um, so yeah, I mean I think that's that is the 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 top ten there. Little Mermaid will be following. I feel like the machine will maybe hear one more weekend of news, and that'll probably be fully out of theaters by its third weekend. Uh the question here going forward. 
mm-hmm. is Fast X, how low will it go? I think. Yep. The Little Mermaid, how well will it hold up against Spidey Man? Right. Cartoon, the Spidey Man cartoon. Right. Spidey Man comes out this weekend. We'll talk about it on our weekend preview. And, you know, a lot of adults will go see that. I think yep. that ha- will have the same similar kind of millennial audience, but it's also animated, so the kids will love it. And so we'll see. We're going to see how Little Mermaid can stack up against the first weekend of Spider-Man. Yeah, I think Fast X is in for a rough couple of weeks because Spider-Man is going to take a lot of the boys, the young men who like the Fast X action. They'll get that out of Spider-Man. Spider-Man's going to take a lot of premium screens from fast X. Yeah. So that's going to be a huge problem. And then the weekend after that, you got a transformers movie. And I think by then that fully cannibalizes the fast X audience. So fast X could be in for a rough next couple of weeks, but we'll talk about that on the weekend preview episode. And just a note, cause I know you have a, an out, but just a yeah. real quick note on fast X and I'm not a critic, huh? Huh. And I uh, don't want to to make it seem like I'm reviewing this movie. But what I will say is that I do want to say about Jason Momoa mm. that I think I was glib talking about him previously. And we saw this movie and I really enjoyed him in this movie. And I'm not going to anoint him as a movie star. I'm not even going to say he's a value add going forward. But what I'm going to say is that. I really enjoyed him in this movie and I'm sorry if I came off as glib when talking about him because I was tickled by this performance. Mm. I got to say. Yes. Yes. Great job, Jason Momoa on the performance and also getting Clayton to admit that he was glib because he's not Mm -hmm. fast to admit that he's glib. So it takes a great performance to get that out of him. So Clayton, Quick version of our plugs is email us at the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Follow us on YouTube. We are YouTubers. And follow us on social media at the BO Boys Pod. Want to be O intern Christopher killing it, running our social media. And Clayton, I think we've done it. I think we've done it too. And there's nothing left to say except for until, until next, next time, time we'll smell, we'll smell you. you. At, At the, the box, box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.